Can, can I just say something about me? I love bread with nuts in it. <laughs> I fucking love bread. I fucking love bread. <laughs> what was that? I know that it's a reference, but what did it come from? I fucking from? love bread. Who was that? Was it a video or was it like... I'm going to see what comes Don't up. mind me while I Google search. I fucking love Sam bread. Sam White. I fucking love bread. It's a Facebook page. Let's see. It's definitely a meme. Oh my God. I'm seeing oh, so many pictures of Oprah with bread face. You know, they did that to cats. It's just a filter. Why? <laughs> because Oprah loves bread. Who doesn't? I mean, who doesn't love bread? Oh, that's a really erotic picture of someone licking bread. Okay, I think I'm done. Can I see it? Hey there. Hey, and welcome to the Wonder Binge Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Let's talk about some shit, you know? I found it. There it is. Oh my god, I'm saving is. this. That's beautiful. You're saving should I it? should I post it on Instagram? <laughs> It's so uncomfortable. I love it. That's, that's me. Speaking of food. As a lover of bread. Speaking of food. Um, so Matt and I were having a conversation very late last night when we should have been sleeping. Um, Maria. Yeah. If you were a cereal, what would your name be? Like not an existing cereal, but a I mean, cereal? you can base it on an existing cereal. If it helps, um, I already thought of a name for you. No, you don't <laughs> understand. I am neurodivergent, and so I must really go in on this. Okay, please take your time. So I'm very I would not. In your I, I don't think I'd be too fruity or sugary because honestly, I don't have that much of a sweet. Oh, tooth. you're starting with the type of cereal well, that, to then find your name. That influences the name. Does I not? mean, that's true. I don't think I would be an O shape. You would not be an O. I think there would definitely be shapes, though. No, so like, maybe just flakes. I might be a flakes. Are you flaky? Uh, I'm not flaky, but I am flakes-ish. I'm <laughs> flakes-ish. So let's think. I would be a flake. Definitely a flake. And uh, you know I feel what? like you'd be like in with frosted you flakes. You know, I maybe, feel like sort of? I think I would be a cornflake with like Lucky Charms marshmallows. That sounds real weird. That sounds real like cornflakes with marshmallows sounds weird. You just said it sounds real weird, and we're talking about. A cereal that is me. True. So I feel you like do it have works. weird food combinations. Well, I am. Oh, I myself am a weird food combination. That's very true. So let's go with that. Let's Rolling go with, with it. Cornflakes with marshmallows, but not like marshmallow marshmallows, like those like really dense Lucky Charms type marshmallows. I plugged my computer in. I'm so sorry. So you'd be like f- like Frosted Charms or Lucky Flakes. Mm. Kind of, but the f- the flakes are not frosted. I mean, I would hope not. I feel like that'd be way too. They're much. just corn flakes. Just but plain old corn real flakes. Real crunchy. It's like they got like a good flakes? crunch to them. No, fuck brand. <laughs> Excuse me, corn flakes with marshmallows. And I think that the marshmallows would probably be miscellaneous bullshit. So like, so be yeah, like lug the shapes nut be? shaped ones. <laughs> And, Tiny wrenches. Um, crystals would be like the prize inside. Oh, ooh, there's a prize inside yeah. of your cereal. So like, Dan, there would you be like invested a up, in this question. Like a light up spoon and a crystal comes so, in every box. Wait, what if the light up spoon was the crystal? What if it was a crystal? I don't know about my funding spoon. for this. But if we can get there, we'll You've got get a there. budget of 10 crypto. Just work with it. I don't know what that means. Is that Figure from out. Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is Did that, you just ask me if crypto is that a Superman Krypton? Hello? Krypton? What? Kryptonite? But back to my cereal. Back to your cereal. So. We still need a name. The n- uh, See, I was hoping see, you would incorporate your name into the cereal title. Uh, that was uh, the point of this prompt because I, I thought like one for name, you. Though. 
And I don't I want my of, name tied to something. Matt has one and I have one. I was going to tell you all about it. You can tell They're it to me. They're so because boring here's the thing. compared to it, what you I just came like up with. I don't like my name, so you can tell me what you were Rhea's puffs. Like Reese's Reese puffs. puffs. There's Reese's puffs. They're not puffs, though. They're flakes. They're well, flakes see, and mellows. I didn't realize at the time when I constructed They're your flakes name and mellows, that that was going to be ma'am. your serial type, okay? My serial number. Your serial number. <laughs> Would you like to hear my serial name? Uh, yes. Frosted Genoese. These are boring. They were super boring. It was a midnight to 1 a.m. conversation. What's where we were barely alive. Uh, ham and toast crunch. Okay, Matt's is best. <laughs> oh, Matt's is totally best. <laughs> is it ham flavored? Ham and toast flavored. Ham cereal. Don't knock it till you try it. Listen, you're trying to pair brand. Actually, flavor. wait you're a minute, Jenny. Pair total hang on a second. with Lucky you know, Charms. Bosch. Bosch, like the tool company. No, Bosch, the Polish like oh, stew yeah, 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 soup yeah, yeah. thing that has ham in it oh and my hot God, milk. Ham and toast crunch is just milk. cold Bosch. <laughs> Yo, don't knock it till you try it. I fucking love Bosch. Hey, you know what we should do? Start the podcast? We might start the podcast at some point, right? This is a podcast. This is Wonderbench Podcast to be- Welcome to Wonderbench Podcast. Precise. This is a podcast in which one of us, myself or Maria, picks a topic and talks about it, tells you guys about it, and then we laugh and giggle and conversate. Guess what? that's a word. I actually have a, like, thing written that is sort of what you said. Shut up. Right? You wrote wrote out a podcast description? Yeah. Hell, Isn't that crazy? It is crazy, especially since we both do it on the fly every single time. I know, right? But here (laughs) it is, written in front of me. Hit me with your podcast. Well, first, hello, I'm Maria. Hello, I'm Jen. (laughs) Hey, how are you? You look so cute today. Thank you. There's something about your face, too, that's, like, kind of glowing, but in, like, a cute, tired way. I, like, washed my face. And also, I'm really cute and really tired all the time. Wow. <laughs> Welcome back to Wonder Boo. Oh, yeah! <laughs> the podcast where we research binge on all those things that pique our curiosity and bring that knowledge back to you so that you can strike that curiosity off your list and clear up space for more things to wonder. Oh, my God. That was so good. We should say that forever. Okay, I'll save it. Today is a special... <laughs> Spicy part two. Oh my god! In which I will be spicy? telling you. Oh my god! Yes, please. <laughs> in which I will be telling you even more about werewolves in our home state of Pennsylvania. This is what I'm here for. More werewolves. Should I turn off the lights? Yes. Oh my god! Are, are you going to be red when I turn back around? Will I'm gonna, I? I'm going to watch you this time. Ah! Did you? Oh, it's that. No, had it. <laughs> you prepped. did it again. And you tricked me and I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> oh my god, that was so good. I le- I, I'm happy that I stared at you Wait, this can time. you do it again and record it? Because I want to know what it looks like. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, using the supernatural lore of Pennsylvania by Thomas White, we are going to explore more stories of beasts who go bump in the night. But today's stories focus on werewolves in relativity to witchcraft. So to start us off, let's briefly discuss the intersection of lycanthropy and archaic witchcraft in the Middle Ages. Is it there a fork in the road of this intersection? Are there now demons involved? Did someone Crossroads demon! (laughs) Very good reference, Genevieve. I like it. Thank you. As we have previously discussed, throughout the Middle Ages and Renaissance, there was an increased emphasis via Christian Europe of the evil nature of werewolves. Ooh, evil nature. 
As theological conceptions regarding the devil and all that evilness grew, the ideas surrounding demons and witchcraft became more precise, leading to the assumption that, like the witch, the power of a werewolf must also be a gift from the evil one. Ooh, <laughs> you lifted your hands up and did the spooky <laughs> thing, but the, the light was perfectly glowing on your palms. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was that's honestly awesome. It looks like you're holding your hands over a cauldron or some shit, you <laughs> witch. So when you say, I have a question real quick. So yes. when you say like becoming more precise, so you mean that like they were pinpointing what they believed qualified yeah. someone as so a So it was a lot of like stuff rumors like that. and like theories and stuff. And then as it became more like honed in of like, this is what witchcraft is this in is their the minds. This is the primary rumor. Yeah. yeah. Basically. So many contemporary accounts actually describe witches and werewolves gaining power in similar ways, often through a pact with the devil, whether direct or implied. And much like the werewolves mentioned in the previous episode, who would initiate the transformation via the application of an ointment or salve, witches were also described as gaining their abilities, particularly the ability to fly on brooms, by applying similar ointments and salves. So what this tells me is that skincare is apparently demonic. I mean, we knew that. You were glowing, and I was like, oh, demon. And then you were red. <laughs> wow. It's all lining up. It is all lining up, isn't it? Um, I don't know if I'll keep this part in, but isn't... I, I don't know if you told me this, but someone told me this. I was actually about to ask, could you please share with the audience the origin of the witches flying on brooms? Oh my god, it's so freaking weird, guys. It's okay. so funny to me. It's, it is very funny. I'm gonna paraphrase, because I don't remember exactly how it was presented to me, but basically, the idea of witches flying on brooms came from... A woman or multiple women being caught masturbating with broom handles, basically, which is interesting. (laughs) So they were riding on brooms. They were riding on brooms. (laughs) It was also believed that witches could transform into animals as well, like you mentioned in your episode on animal familiars. I did. It's all tying together. So the intersection of witches to werewolves was so prominent, in fact, that during the period of the witch trials from the 1400s to the early 1700s, there was also a series of werewolf trials being held in Central and Western Europe. Right. So yeah, you mentioned that. briefly about the gruesome werewolf trials of the 16th century Europe. Let's, let's, let's! During the early period... Accusations of lycanthropy were mixed with accusations of wolf riding or wolf charming. Wolf charming in Bavarian folklore was either a charm against wolves, known as a wolf sagen, or a malevolent spell known as a wolf bond that would cause a wolf attack. So wait, I'm I'm confused though. So if you're if you're charming a wolf to stay away, wouldn't that be a good thing? Yes. So then why would they be put on trial for that? Because it's still witchcraft. But but it's beneficial witchcraft <laughs> for your sheep. Beneficial witchcraft for your feet is going on my list. I no, said sheep. No, sheep. <laughs> sheep. The new foot care product. No, beneficial erase witchcraft. It. Erase it. Undo. Undo. <laughs> Control Z. Anyway. <laughs> The 1598 case of Peter Stube, which I'll talk about in a moment, led to a significant peak in the interest in and persecution of supposed werewolves, primarily in French-speaking and German-speaking Europe. Werewolf trials reached Livonia in the 17th century and would become the most common form of witch trial in that country. The phenomenon persisted longest in Bavaria and Austria, with persecution of wolf charmers persisting until well after 1650, the final cases being recorded in the early 18th century in Corinthia and Styria. 
The first recorded incidents of anyone being accused and convicted of lycanthropy happened in Poligny, France in 1521. So this was the first time that they were like, oh, they're transforming into wolves, this not is... just like doing charm shit with them. So like werewolves were a thing before this. This was the first time that a person was being charged. Okay. A supposed wolf attack led authorities to the home of Miguel Verdon, who, after being arrested and tortured, confessed to being a werewolf. Yeah. Wonder why. Right? <laughs> Pierre Bourgot also confessed and told authorities that he had made a deal with three men dressed in black who agreed to protect his sheep in exchange for the rejection of his belief in God. He was given an ointment, which allowed him, Verdun, and another man, Phil Philibert Montot, your favorite language, French. I know, right? <laughs> to shapeshift into wolves, during which time they would stalk the land, killing and eating children. All three men were found guilty and were executed shortly thereafter. Crazy. It's like, I've never heard this before. <laughs> it's, so it's honestly so infuriating. Uh -huh. uh Elsewhere, Peter Stube, a German man, flat out confessed to having made a deal with the devil, in which he was given a wolf skin belt, allowing him to shapeshift for the sake of killing and consuming innumerable victims over the course of 25 years. Right, the belt. 25 years? Yes. So Peter Stube is known as a notorious serial killer. Shit. And he just blamed lycanthropy? Question mark? He was known as the werewolf of Bedburg. Oh, Okay. He was a German serial killer and farmer accused of werewolfery, werewolfery. witchcraft, and cannibalism. I almost said werewolfery earlier, but I stopped myself because I didn't think it was it's a word. It's an actual term. That's amazing. So werewolfery, cannibalism, and what was the other thing? Oh, witchcraft and cannibalism. He was publicly executed in 1589 in a pretty gruesome way. Would you like to hear how? Oh, yes. Tell me. Um, he had his skin ripped away. His arms and legs broken and his head removed before being burned. Oh my god, they broke his limbs? He was a serial killer of 25 years. Whether he was a werewolf or not, this man was actually a serial killer. That's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> I do definitely feel less bad. He was bad. actually a serial killer and a cannibal. I so. definitely feel a lot less bad now. Thank yeah. you for reminding me of that. You're welcome. That fact. <laughs> Which, I, I don't know if this says anything about me, but I'm like, oh, you murdered people? Suffer. So during the Amersfoort Ocht Utrecht trials in the Netherlands, Bless I'm you. sorry, a man named Fulkert Dirks was accused of sorcery along with his daughter Hendrika, who was 17, and his sons Hessel, 14, Elbert, 13, Gilsbert, 11, and Dirk, 8. Dirk. Just gonna say, Dirk's name was Dirk Dirks. Shut up. The last name is Dirks. And Shut his up. name is Dirk. His name is Dirk Dirks. <laughs> Dirk Dirks. But anyway, <laughs> Elbert claimed- He probably got made fun of so much. No, he probably had a great time. You think so? Okay. I, I think he would get made fun of for his entire family being accused of sorcery and being able to transform into animals at eight years old, more so oh. than his name. Well, maybe but they said that was his abracadabra is Dirk Dirks. Dirk Dirks. <laughs> That's Albert, transformation word. Albert, the 13-year-old, claimed that he, his father, and siblings could all sometimes turn into wolves or cats by the command of Satan. Upon his testimony, his father was tortured to confess that he had been made a werewolf by Satan and attacked cattle with his children in this shape. His daughter soon confessed to having attended Witch's Sabbath in the shape of a wolf. I'm sorry. A 13-year-old boy says, we do witchcraft, and you take his word for it? Have you learned nothing from oh my the God. witch trials? It's so 
dumb. It's like, the, I mean, he probably made it up. Well, he got quite a few people in his family killed. So Fulkert Dirks, the father, Hendrika Dirks, the 17-year-old daughter, and Antonis Bulk and Maria Barton, who were pointed out to belong in their werewolf pack, were all executed for witchcraft. Oh, my God. While the sons of Dirks were spared because of their age and they were just whipped as opposed to being executed. Poor kid has to live with ratting his family out. Holy crap. So another man, Conti Hans, and his spouse also admitted to possessing the ability to turn into bears under Satan's command. We're bears. Though this confession and many of the other confessions I've mentioned were only made after being tortured. What? No. No, that's not how confessions happen. They happen willingly. Similar to uh, the witch trials in Salem, a lot of those confessions happened after they... They were accused and then held for, like, up to months. Yeah, yeah. Until they confessed. Several months until they confessed. Because, like, at that point, your spirit's just broken. You're like, you know what? You're going to hold me here till I die. Let's get it over with. Mm-hmm. Ah! So, along with supposed deals with the devil, cannibalism was another recurring theme among lycanthropy cases, including the 1573 execution of Frenchman Gillies Gardner, who was accused of killing and cannibalizing children who ventured into his neck of the woods, and he later confessed to being a werewolf. So the case of a teenage boy named Hans, who was tried during the werewolf trials in Estonia, was one of the most famous cases out of the 18 trials that there were. These 18 trials accused 18 men and 13 women of being werewolves over the years okay. in Estonia. This and is... this is the most famous one. This is one of me? the most, yes. Okay. So at only 18 years old, when he was arrested in 1651 on charges of lycanthropy, Hans quickly confessed to the charges brought against him. He admitted quickly without being tortured? I am unsure. Okay. He admitted to having hunted as a werewolf for two years and told the court of a man in black who bit him shortly before the physical changes occurred. Some people believe that this account is the origin of the werewolf bite lore. Oh. He's he's the grandpa. He's or not the grandpa, sorry, the founding what? dad. The the guy in the black. What? I'm imagining this figure in black, uh-huh. like being like the father of werewolves and just going around biting people and being like my children and then like, just gathering them. Okay, that makes more sense than you saying he's the grandpa because <laughs> that's what you said. <laughs> when you listen back, said. you'll understand my confusion. Oh no 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 no! I understand it now. <laughs> um. Many believed this man in black to be the devil, and this mention of satanic forces qualified the werewolf to be tried as a witch and thus sentenced to death. Hot take. It's the devil's dog. Just Damn. (laughs) Okay, go off. Cerberus? Anyway. Um, Hellhounds? Hello? But yeah, so in this case... There, I'm not sure what the, like, being tried as a werewolf would have entailed. Sure. But based on, sure, he was a werewolf, but based on being a werewolf via satanic. Jeez. Satanic. Sorry. I think it's because I'm saying via instead of via, and I don't actually know what I say. But <laughs> what the fuck is I saying? <laughs> You're saying you're not sure why. Right, like, I'm, not what sure, the- I'm not sure what being tried as a werewolf would have entailed. Mm-hmm. However... Regardless of he's a werewolf or not, being a werewolf via satanic forces Mm -hmm. would qualify him to also be a witch. And so he was tried as a witch. Oh, oh, uh, okay. And thus sentenced to death. So it's like the main the main charges were witchery. And then. Yeah, it was like like, it was like being a werewolf was just a side effect of being of practicing witchcraft. Interesting. Because he became one through satanic forces 
i.e. quote unquote witchcraft back then. Crazy satanery. I, I, I'm I curious, why was this the most famous case? Because it, honestly, from what you just told me, kind of boring. Well, was it because he was young or did he actually kill people? I think it's more famous because of his age, but also because of there's like we have more information. We have quotation oh, from him. He provided more knowledge into the werewolfery. He was asked by a judge whether he felt more like a man or an animal. And Hans replied that he, probably similar to a lot of 18 year olds, he replied that he felt like a wild beast and that the changes within him were both physical and metaphysical. So despite there being no physical evidence of any murders committed by Hans, there was no evidence, but he was sentenced to death simply on the grounds that satanic magic had been performed on him. Plot twist, this this Hans kid um, just likes herbs and is going through puberty, and now he's really hairy. That's um, all that happened in my mind. puberty at 18 years old? Uh, I don't know, late bloomer. Oh, I know, he said he's been doing it for t- for. Two years, so 16. Also late bloomer. Yeah, but I was going to say. Puberty and herbs. I love your theories. <laughs> really? Because I always feel like you hate my theories. <laughs> I do, but I love them. I, mean, I love your energy. I every hate your time... theories, but I love your energy. <laughs> love your face. Hate your guts. Does that sound Does that sound like the truth from me? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, it's usually followed up with, I hate you. And then you continue <laughs> with your notes. And I accept that. I accept that. It's just because you get so outlandish and there's no agreeing or disagreeing it's just like okay that's what you think can i continue (laughs) no you have to agree with me or you have to disprove my theory (laughs) no (laughs) why are you so combative all the time i don't know because i'm so quiet for most of the day that's why listen i'm the person who comes into work y'all get peak jenna I don't know if you know that. The listeners, you guys get like peak Jenna you, energy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It all comes out <laughs> on the mic. That's what happens. <laughs> it all comes out on the mic. <laughs> this is the real me, guys. Oh my God. This is who I really am. Shut up, mom. While most of the accused were executed promptly following a confession, not all werewolves were guaranteed a death sentence. 80-year-old Theus of Kattenbrunn claimed to be a hound of God, stating that he used his werewolf cloak to enter hell three nights a year, where he battled demons and witches in order to ensure a good harvest for the next season. Whoa, now that's a plot twist. Right? And- Oh my God, a heaven hound! Because he never admitted to having made a pact with a demon in exchange for lycanthropy, he admitted to having lycanthropy, but he never admitted to getting it via a deal with a demon. Because of that, he was only convicted of practicing folk magic, believed to encourage the rejection of God, and was only sentenced to a flogging as opposed to execution. Like, whoa, he got out of it! Yeah, so that's that's similar to with Hans's situation of being a werewolf was not a killable offense right it was if you were a werewolf via witchcraft that's so interesting right oh my god i literally never heard of that a hound sent from god why didn't no why didn't more people say that (laughs) why didn't more people say that this man said three nights a year i go into hell and i fight devils listen make yourself a hero (laughs) make yourself the protagonist in your own story did you have a good harvest last year that's because i killed witches and demons in hell Thank you. Uh, what's his name again? Theus. Thank you, Theus. Thank you, Grandpa Theus. <laughs> Grandpa Theus. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, as many of these confessions of lycanthropy only came later, long after the alleged incidents took place, and most 
believe them to be either coerced through torture or as a result of the suspect's mental illness or low IQ. It prohibited them from understanding exactly what they were confessing to. Yeah. Yeah. For my own peace of mind, I like to believe that quite a few of them were actually serial killers who cannibalized and they just happened to be like, oh, yeah, I'm a werewolf. Yeah. I mean, if we're looking for peace of mind, that's probably a good place to start. Your chair is very squeaky. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's me. The curse of the squeaky chair. But thus concludes our brief overview of the werewolf witch trials. Okay. So let's get back to PA. And what do you know? It's story time, baby. So these are more tales of lycanthropy in Pennsylvania from the Supernatural Lore of Pennsylvania book by Thomas White. But these ones focus a bit more on the inclusion of witchcraft. So the the ones that you did in your last episode were just like straight up just werewolves. Yes. Cool, 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 cool. Hit me with the so, stories. So these actually focus on the use of magic to defeat the wolves. Oh. So a werewolf or possible malignant magical wolf often harassed residents of Wolf Hollow in Blair County, Pennsylvania. A large white wolf would drink the blood of their sheep as opposed to devouring the sheep, which itself was weird. So a man named Ben Burkett, who was a hex doctor, which was a practitioner of folk magic, drew a magical circle in his barnyard where the wolf usually entered. The circle was likely a binding spell, which would catch and anchor the wolf within the circle once it entered. That night, when the wolf entered the circle, Burkett shot and killed the wolf with a, would you like to guess? Silver bullet? A silver bullet. Whoa, was it Um, blessed in wax or something? Well, he actually, he had moistened it with his own saliva. Which was so also likely it. a part of the magical ritual. So he kissed it. <laughs> he gave it a little smooch. Uh, the locals hailed him as a hero as he marched through the streets with the wolf's hide. Now, I'm going to say something. And you're going to be like, Maria, you? A skeptic? Never. No. But I will say, this man drew a circle, did this whole spell and everything, mm-hmm. and then shot the wolf as soon as it got into the circle. I was, I was so, going to say something about that. There's no telling if it worked because the wolf didn't get a chance to try and get out of it. If anything, the circle just like told him like, all right, he's in range. Like it was more of a target than anything else. And also it was a bullet. So there's no telling if kissing it was also effective. I mean, I'll say I've kissed a ball before I've thrown it. Like I've kissed kissed (laughs) a dart Listen, I kiss my dice before I roll them sometimes if I really need it, you know? I've done that too. Does it work? Fuck no. He got lucky. Another white wolf. The story of the white wolf of Sugar Valley, Clinton County. Do you remember Clinton County? I do remember Clinton County. In another story in which witchcraft is used to defeat the beast. So researcher Andrew Gable places this story sometime around 1840, but there's no actual date for this tale. Circa 1840. Circa 1840. So the white wolf was first encountered by a man named Philip Schreckengast, who watched it emerge from his barn with a bloodstained mouth. Schreckengast slammed the barn door shut on the wolf and actually Whoa. caught the wolf's tail inside, severing it. He said, sa- whoa, in a barn door? He slammed that door hard and it chopped off the wolf's tail. Shit, dude. So the wolf ran off and was spotted a short time later by a preacher in a graveyard, said to then be Brungard's church, and it is now St. Mar- Michael's Lutheran Evangelical Cemetery. Um, but the preacher saw the wolf still yelping in pain from this injury. The wolf apparently continued to be trouble, and the residents of Sugar Valley considered hiring a man named George Wilson to kill the wolf. Wilson was a known werewolf hunter, having slain two werewolves in the past. 
So local man Jacob Rischel was on his way to contact Wilson when he ran into the local woman, Granny McGill, who was rumored to be a witch. Oh, I mean, she's got the word granny before her name. Must be a witch. Mm -hmm. Granny (laughs) McGill. If there's an old woman... And she's probably a witch. and she's kind of quirky, probably a witch. Nope, that's the only qualifier is old woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. so once you pass what sixty at that point, fifty. Well, uh, back then, probably like forty. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, true. So McGill offered another solution in the form of a hex. Rischel was told to use a black lamb as bait, specifically a black lamb which had been born under a new moon in the fall. Oh, I've got one of those on hand right now. Right? He was to place the lamb near either Tunis knob or Cooper's knob, depending on the account. But basically to place the lamb near either of these places because the wolf apparently lived nearby. And how did they know that? If it lived nearby, wouldn't, why would they just McGill go track just knows things, it? you know? I mean... She just knows where this white wolf lives. And she just knows where a black lamb born under the moon happens to be. Well, she doesn't know where one is, but she knows that that's the kind you need. I think she just wants to sound smart. And she's like, what will make me sound like a witch? <laughs> oh, a black animal born under the moonlight. A full moonlight. New moon. Oh, sorry, new moon. So no moonlight, exactly. all black. Got exactly. it. So using this method, Rischel and the residents of Sugar Valley were actually able to trap and kill the wolf. Okay. Its head was mounted on a pole on Rischel's property, and it is said that the jaw would still move and the eyes would turn green. And it would uh, well, it, deter all other wolves until eventually being removed. I wonder, wait, would the eyes turn green like for specific reasons, or they just turned green because rotting eyeballs no they would like glow green because oh, evil would... oh of course because werewolf because because magic listen right. another little piece of skepticism from maria another one no another little piece so <laughs> all granny mcgill said was get a black lamb that was born under a new moon in the fall and use it as bait and put it in this area there's no telling if it could have been literally any animal used as bait because all the lamb served as, like, its purpose was, was to just get eaten. to be bait. So it could have been any animal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it had to be so specific. Well, witchcraft requires a lot of commitment. I think I've, I think I found your serial name. What's my serial Skeptic name? Flakes. Oh, I love it. I never thought that I would be such a skeptic, but I really am. It's because like, you're smart. In a fun way. <laughs> because you're smart it's in a fun way during the 1980s and 90s in the hermitage area a seven and a half foot tall grayish white wolf was repeatedly spotted by a group of young men oh wow they encountered the beast on trails in the woods and witnessed it crossing the road very evil things (gasps) rumors had circulated the wolf had been summoned by members of an alleged satanic cult that apparently operated out of an abandoned house in the woods where else would you have a satanic cult true The wolf was said to serve as a guard for the cult, basically like making the rounds around the house. And interestingly, sightings of the wolf ended after the old house was torn down. Oh, interesting coincidence. Another interesting thing is these past three stories in which witchcraft slash cult stuff is involved. Mm hmm. All of the wolves were white. I was kind of mentally noting that. I was wondering if you were going to bring it up. Yeah. Why were they white i don't know are we sure they weren't heaven hounds i hate you i'm just no like genuinely like (laughs) are we sure they weren't heaven hounds they're suddenly white 
Oh, or maybe they're just old. I don't know. Maybe they're old. Maybe they're just old and they're gray. Wolves. I don't know. <laughs> maybe well, they're forty. Maybe they're forty. You know, elderly. <laughs> Jiminy. Cricket. When they start going gray. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. Well, Genevieve, I have a very fun bonus story surrounding a sort of werewolf. Oh my god, is this the prize inside your box? That was, let me rephrase that. Do you want to leave? Is this the prize inside of the box? No, the prize inside of the box is a light-up spoon and a crystal. We've been over this. True. How dare you? I'm sorry. Well, we have heard a lot of these stories coming out of Clinton County in yes. Pennsylvania. Yes, we have. Well, according to a P.A. Wilds article by Lou Bernard, Clinton County has its own official monster, a werewolf-like creature summoned by witches known as the G-Woggle. What? It's time for Cryptid Corner here on Wonderboonge. Welcome to Cryptid Corner. Stories of the Giwoggle or Giwoggle. Stories of the Giwoggle date back to the mid-1800s. And on July 21st of 2011, the government of Clinton County proclaimed it to be the county's official monster. 2011. The Giwoggle was, according to legend, a kind of artificial werewolf creature that could be conjured or summoned by a witch. Legends of this thing were in West Keating Township back in the 1800s, where an old woman named Belle Confer told her grandchildren bedtime stories about the thing. Her grandson, George Roan, was so affected by the stories that he grew up to write them down in Keystone Folklore Quarterly, preserving them for future generations. The G-Woggle is not the easiest creature in the world to physically describe. It was about six feet tall, shaped like a wolf, and stood on its back legs. Instead of front paws, it had bird claws, and instead of back feet, it had horse hooves. And this was apparently to confuse trackers who were trying to follow it. That sounds made up as fuck. (laughs) The legends all involved local women who were believed to be witches, casting spells to conjure up one of these things when a nearby farmer offended them. They would send the G-Woggle to harass the farmer, which often took the form of annoying stunts and petty vandalism. (laughs) The G-Woggles didn't seem to be violent for the most part. Farmers would wake up and find their crops trampled, tools damaged, and G-Woggle tracks around the barn. I like to think that these women just dressed up with, like, hoof shoes and bird shoes, walked around, did all the petty vandalism themselves, and just, like, like, oh, it's the G-Woggle because you were an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) People driving near the Clearfield-Clinton border have reported seeing bipedal wolves running beside the road and with a click a quick glance, a G-Woggle might easily be described as a bipedal wolf because of the whole standing on its back legs thing. Sure. You know, that thing you love. Especially when they're not supposed to. In February of 1909, when panic over the Jersey Devil reached its peak, creatures were sighted at night lurking on rooftops in downtown Lockhaven. I don't know why my voice started getting weird just then. Downtown Lockhaven. <laughs> the newspapers speculated at the time that this might be the G-Woggle coming into town in search of prey. Interesting theory. Tell me, Maria. I will tell you, Jenna. Being a big believer in the G-Woggle, as I know you are. Um, oh, yeah, I'm a big G-Woggle enthusiast. Yeah, yeah, naturally. Do you think it's possible that the G-Woggle was born just from, like, a hodgepodge spell of, like, like a, a hoof Do you fear? think it's a homunculus? I think it might be a homunculus, yeah. <laughs> Maybe? Maybe. Do you think the G-Woggle is a homunculus of a bird, a wolf, and a horse? I'm 90% sure. <laughs> reminds me of the quest beast. Do you know what a quest beast is? I don't know what a quest beast is. <gasps> What's a quest beast? Oh my god. Okay, hang on. That's let a me, mouthful. Let me pull up the actual description really quickly because it's so funny. I'm going to describe the quest beast and I want you to tell me what you think it is. 
Oh, dear. Okay. It's going to be something silly like a parakeet. So, <laughs> it is known as the quest or questing beast. Okay. And it appeared in many medieval texts of Arthurian legend. Okay. So, this is like something that Prince Arthur would apparently come across or something. But this strange creature... Is it an creature, African swallow? <laughs> this strange creature has the... Listen very carefully. Okay. Visualize it. Okay. The head Visualize. and neck of a snake... The body of a leopard, the haunches of a lion, and the feet of a heart. A heart is a deer. Oh, ew, heart feet, gross. <laughs> its name comes from the great noise that it emits from its belly, a barking like 30 couple hounds questing. Sorry? It like yelps and barks, apparently. <laughs> I really want to show you some of the like artistic pictures. This is so bizarre. Of a questing beast. Now this is a fucking homunculus. I'm going to just look it no, up no, no, for no, myself. No, because I, I don't want you to accidentally see what it oh actually is. Oh my God, that is. girl is still licking bread on my I screen. I don't want you to see what it actually is. Don't look right, it up. Fine, fine, fine. But I'm closing out of this girl licking bread. So this is a drawing of the questing beast. Wow, it's both beautiful and ugly. Right? Which I guess here's, makes it terrifying. Arthur and the questing beast. What the actual one? Do you want to guess what it actually is? questing beast? Here's another one. It looks like some sort of weird-ass dinosaur. What real animal? It's a real animal? Is it an anteater? Or some no. weird shit like Think about it. <laughs> Wait, let me look at it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm drawing such a blank. Because the description is so weird. So, like, what is it actually is what you're asking? Yeah. What is the actual animal? Yeah. A giraffe! It's a fucking giraffe. It's a giraffe! <laughs> A head like a snake. Head and neck of a snake, body of a leopard, haunches of a lion, feet of a deer. <laughs> it does have some thick, muscly legs. This is true. Oh my god! It's a fucking giraffe! Wow, I'm so glad that we could fit in a little questing beast game at the end here. <laughs> they, that description does sound creepy. Right? Yeah. And that's why all of that art came from that description, because how else would you try and draw that animal? I mean, how... How would you describe a giraffe if you had seen it for the first time? Exactly like that. Head and neck of a snake? Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, okay, it's a giraffe. The quest piece is a giraffe. The quest piece is a giraffe, and we've talked about werewolves today. Thank you for coming to this episode of Wonder Boonch. <laughs> what kind of cereal are you? This has been an interesting this, this has been an interesting vibe this episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Certainly. I think we're both like really wiped, but also just, you know, happy to be here. <laughs> I did these notes and then played Skyrim all day. Did you see a quest piece? No. Did you but quest I finished a lot of quests. With a beast. I quested with Serana. Ooh, we love Serana. What a babe. Well, that was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. That was that was really good. I actually totally forgot that you were going to do more werewolf things today. It completely escaped me. Yeah. Well, I said, let me know if you want me to. And, and then I said yes. Well, not just you. Some <gasps> listeners also said. Oh, my God. Give me part two. Participation. And you know what? I got you, babe. Maria's just so kind and generous. Wow, I'm so kind and generous and, like, really cute. Wow. You're glowing wow, like a demon. Skin? Gorgeous. Skin, what, what did we say earlier? Skin care is witchcraft. witchcraft. Yeah. I want to sell uh, TM. I want my, my next makeup brand, you know, aside from the previous Your one. Your next one? To be called witchcraft. Hello? And I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a cream that like works like a charm. It's gonna be called the Berserker. Thanks for listening. Uh, for any kind of imagery, you can find us on social media at Wonder Binge Pod. 
If you would like to send any topic suggestions, requests, feedback, just say hi. You can email us at wonderbingepod at gmail.com. And if you'd like the sources for this episode and previous episodes, you can find our source material on our website or on our link tree. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. It helps us grow. And spreads the word. so happy. It spreads the word about the quest beast, too. Like, we got to find this thing. Yeah. Also, just tell your friends. Thanks for listening. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.